Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Paradox, coming to you live from the most greatest city in the world, Austin, Texas, where it is barely into May and it is 100 degrees. 100, I said 100. I'm Jimmy, and uh, Josh, say hello to the people. Why did you say 100? What? Why did you say 100? Because that's how hot it is. Whoa! Uh, Joshua, you're letting your inner child come out. Josh Jr., what what do you feel about boundaries? I don't know. Do you like boundaries? Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Oddly enough, very few of us do. Thank you, Josh Jr., otherwise I know as JJ. See you later. I love you. I love you, sweet boy. All right. Now that was we'll JJ Myers the, here. Now we'll talk to the immature Josh. Yeah, so that was my son. My that was him. Firstborn, my image bearer. With a mohawk. Well, he might not. He might be tall and skinny, so I don't think he's going to be my image bearer. But he is at least my namesake. Uh, he is your namesake. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a name that you and mom created 30... Yes. How old am I? 37 years ago? 38? You're 37. 37. There would be no more James Kyle Myerses. Uh, nope. Your mother saw saw to that. Just Joshua Michaels. Joshua Michael Myers. Um, all right. So this week we are kind of following up on last week when we talked about codependency. I mean, what it is. You know, again, it's sort of this loose term that gets kicked around a lot. And we talked about some solutions, but we kind of put off the solution to codependency till today. And that is the subject of boundaries. Boundaries are the kryptonite to codependency. Mm. Sorry, preach. Do you have indigestion? Yes. Oh, I thought you passed gas. Okay, so today we're just going to talk nothing but boundaries, what they are, why they should be there. Virtually every couple that we see in therapy, certainly in the sexual addiction area, uh, close to 99% of those couples are codependents. And uh, it's your codependency is sort of rampant. And maybe you recognized yourself or your spouse or someone you know and love when we were describing codependency last week. So this week, we're talking about boundaries, what they are and why they are. And there's a lot of different examples of boundaries. They can be emotional, they can be physical, they can be sometimes financial and or parental, depending upon... What's an emotional boundary, Josh? 
it's uh, we've talked about it on the show before. One example is emotional differentiation, and that is having your own emotions and not taking on the emotions of others. And so, if I have a good day and I walk into the house and Katie has had a rough day, I don't immediately get upset and just take on the negativity within the home. That I maintain my own positive energy, and that's not to shove anything positive energy into somebody's face. Like I can. And in fact, if I maintain my positivity, it actually allows me to empathize with her more and actually help her in that situation rather than just getting worked up myself. And so there's various different boundaries. And so as we talk, I want you to keep in mind that it, this might hit home and apply to you in different ways. And the, the reverse of that's true. Making people feel the same way I feel. Absolutely. You're not allowed to feel something that I'm not. That, those would be emotional emotional yep. boundaries. A family without boundaries, a couple without boundaries, you can see it. You can see it in the way they talk to each other. You can see it in the way they interact. You can see it just in their life in general. A boundaryless uh, family is virtually, by definition, a dysfunctional family. Yeah, and I mean, so, the word we use clinically is enmeshment. It's just mm-hmm. this one big unhealthy blob of different personalities with different ideas but melding into one and you're that those families are exhausted you know they're just spent uh, they can rarely agree. They all have increased anxiety and sadness and more stress. It's just messy. There's no real way around it but boundaries or the lack thereof are uh, they find their way into either the cause or the effect of virtually every relational problem that there is, every family problem that there is, every financial problem that there is. Um, it's weird that we don't talk about it more. We, we talk a lot about, you know, your inner child and attachment and all this, you know, which is all great and it's all important and it's all true, but the practicality of boundaries. I mean, there's some just behavioral stuff. Let's just put some some stuff in place, some guardrails in place to help us right now. And then let's go back and try to understand what's all underneath it. But I just don't think that we deal and talk about boundaries near as much as probably we should. And I don't know if it's cultural, uh, whether it's Western or America, American, you know, we lack boundaries with our work. You know, the idea of infatuation and love, and we just, I mean, movies almost depict enmeshment. And so Mm -hmm. in romantic relationships, it's tough. And then you have helicopter and lawnmower parents and parents trying to just get into everything of their child's and protect them because out of love. I, I don't, again, I don't know if it's Western, I don't know if it's American, but I think it goes against all of our kind of ideals, nonverbal ideals as Americans in so many different ways, boundaries do. We really don't. We don't like to be constrained. Uh, and yet constraint, structure, routine, I mean, all those things are vitally important. If I look at other cultures, like in an Islamic culture, they're boundaried to the maximum, right? And maybe it's the... Wow, the, that was racist. That was racist. <laughs> I'm just saying. Islamic law is not boundaried? I feel like that's a given, not racist. 
What is it? Shiite? What is the... It's... Um, come Shia? On. Yes. Shia, Shia law. There we go. Shia law. So that's a different culture, almost on the opposite extreme. And maybe it's just our idea of freedom that we don't want to impose. And so we're just in the name of love and freedom um, and tolerance. You know, we don't set boundaries. And uh, I think that we're all potentially this COVID situation of being quarantined and not having all the pressures that we once had. I feel like we're realizing we were just exhausted by the lack of boundaries. And that's one of the major, um, if I put in place a boundary, that is in some way unloving. I think that is the, one of the big myths about boundaries. Because, you know, you take something like a financial boundary, that in our home, we will not buy anything over $100 without checking. That's a boundary. And so I'm not going to do that. And if I see a golf club for 150 bucks, and I want it, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind, uh, that's a boundary violation. That is not respecting our agreed upon uh, wishes and desires. It's just you know uh, doing the, the hat dance all over you know what what is important. Because boundaries tend to reflect what's important to somebody. I was just talking to a guy today, and one of his, and when he's dating, and this thing is, if you can't communicate with me, that's a deal breaker. So if you can't share your emotions, if you can't share with me what's going on, I need to move on down the road. And so that for him, that probably wouldn't have made a lot of people, but to him, sure. that was a big deal. Yeah. That was a boundary for him. All right, I'm going to real quickly get into, I just this morning, I wrote down 10 laws of boundaries. Mm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Wrote down from Cloud's book? Uh, and Townsend, Cloud and Townsend. <laughs> uh, their book, Boundaries. Just jotted them down from the book. <laughs> yeah. uh, copy, you could say copy. We're giving them credit. Or plagiarize. Everyone should have the book, Boundaries, by Cloud and Townsend. Just period. It should just be on yourself. There should be a Bible. There should be a toe-to-toe -to -toe with your teen, a fearless parenting, and boundaries. Any Dobson book and boundaries. Yeah, you know, Dobson's a little old. So uh, Forget the about Bible, the kids. my two. That's not happening. And, and the book, Boundaries. So in it, he says, these are the 10 laws of boundaries. And very quickly, like the first one is the law of sowing and reaping. There need to be consequences to behavior. And when there are no consequences to behavior, then we're, we're presenting a very skewed view of life. If we come around and we just clean up our children's messes and they don't have chores and every time um, they need money, we just throw it at them, we're doing them a great disservice. And that is not a boundary. You know, a boundary is if you do something wrong, you need to have the consequence for that. That's how we learn. And in a lot of families and a lot of marriages, we do not reap what we sow. Yeah, because they were protected in the name of love. You know, if you if you look at the life of Christ, funny enough, he is the most emotionally healthy man or person that's ever walked the earth. Well, he wasn't married. <laughs> Anybody can be emotionally or balanced was if you're he? not. Let's go Da Vinci on him. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I don't even know if that's Da Vinci, but it is. <laughs> but I mean, there's a ton of examples out there. But if you look at the rich young ruler, you know, he comes to him, how am I, I, you know, follow you and inherit the kingdom of God and love God and love people that I've done. What else you got? And he was like, Jesus said, sell everything and, and then come follow me. And the rich young ruler turned and walked away. And what boggles my mind, because if it was me, a traditionally emotionally unhealthy person in some ways, maybe in a lot of ways, I would like run after the rich young ruler and be like, whoa, wait, wait, wait a second, did I, did I say something wrong here? Like I, I would have taken offense to him turning and walking away from me or wanted to make it easier on him. But Jesus How let him. How about just 10% and we're not even yeah, talking gross. Jesus, Jesus let him walk. He let him walk, knowing that full well what was going to befall him but he let him walk, and that's an emotional boundary that then played into a physical boundary. And so he, Jesus, is the perfect example of a boundaried person, um, and that yeah, is and allowing Mark, that man to sow what he reaped. Yeah. And in Mark, it says, you know, he looked at him, loved him, and said, "Go sell everything." So in some way, we keep thinking that, oh, if I draw a line, it's going to make him mad, and it's not very loving. I should be supportive. Boundaries are loving. Drawing boundaries around your kids is a loving thing to do. Allowing them to grow up feral is, is not a loving thing to do. Number two is responsibility. You are responsible for you, and I am responsible for me. And the sooner, when we talk children, the sooner they begin assuming some responsibility for themselves, the better. You know, if you're still picking out clothes, for a kid that's in junior high, something's wrong. That's why we so, already let Ruth drive. Exactly. My point. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and she's in charge of sharpening all the steak knives, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> no, that's, that's the two-year-old. <laughs> that's Sam. <laughs> so, but also, I'm responsible for me and you're responsible for you. That's the whole nagging thing, the whole criticism thing. You know, you know I, I got me. I got me. You get you. That's another and so I, responsibility. If I could make one change to Cloud in Townsend, it would be this. I, I think that the responsibility piece is actually the overarching narrative of of all of boundaries. It, you know, if yes. you are to be healthily boundaried, you are not taking responsibility when you shouldn't, and you are taking responsibility when you should. And that then plays into the sowing and the reaping and the other things that we'll get to. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's true. In a great scenario, just if one takeaway from all this, it is learning to not take a responsibility when you shouldn't and taking responsibility when you should, that will leave, lead to a boundary lifestyle. The third law is the law of power. You know, we're taught, especially in recovery and others, that, you know, you're powerless to end your addiction. You know, we... We got to rely on the Holy Spirit. You know, this is, it's not me. It's Christ who lives in me. I am powerless. And yet, it okay, yes. However, you do have the power to admit truth. To You have the power to submit to God in his word. You have the, the power to humble yourself. You have the power to turn from evil. So you have a lot of power. All the things that fertilize the soil of change, you have the power to do those very things. And that is what boundaries are. Boundaries are taking a power position that I'm making a choice 
And I am reflecting power within myself to enact this change. Number four is respect. Uh, I love it that we will judge other people's boundaries. You know, that that's stupid and I don't agree with that. Again, I'm going to judge your boundaries. I am going to judge your boundaries because I know better what boundaries you should have. Now, we're not talking children and parents here. You know, this is more in a marriage and other relationships. But if we go back to the you're responsible for you and I'm responsible for me, I can't choose someone else's boundaries for mm-hmm. Agree, disagree, oh, well, okay. Uh, okay, I know, I'm not sure it matters much. It's just this is my boundary and that you have to respect that. I respect yours, you respect mine. Um, Number five is motivation. And really, this is the law of motivation they talk about. This is really for people pleasers because they don't have any motivation for boundaries because they don't want anybody mad at them. Mm -hmm. They They don't want anyone to reject them. And so they just are lily livered. They're doormats. Lily livered. This is the submissive that we talked about last week. Yeah. And since I didn't plagiarize mine and Mm -hmm. didn't just look at a book to get my points Mm -hmm. for today, this was one of the points I came up with by myself was risking disappointing people. So really? Yeah. No big deal. So I I would copyrighted. I've already I've already corrected clowns in town townsend once, but I now will concur with that point. Another one is evaluation. They talk about that and it's like well, I, and it's a little similar because it's, I fear the boundaries are going to hurt somebody's feelings. They're going to make them mad. And, and this sounds harsh, but it's like, it doesn't matter if it hurts their feelings. It doesn't matter if it makes them mad because being mad is not harmful and being hurting their feelings is not harmful. There's a difference between hurt feelings and something that is harmful. And so someone else has got to adjust or just stay mad all the time. You've got to adjust to someone else's boundaries. And that goes back to the respect. It's certainly not harmful, but it is, it is difficult. You know, like me setting a boundary makes me uncomfortable. Like I have to learn to deal with my yeah. own anxiety and work through my own anxiety while that other person might be disappointed or upset with me. Uh, so, yeah, not hurtful, but it is certainly difficult, but it's doable. They talk about proactivity and which is setting boundaries early, getting a child used to boundaries and in, in couples having conflict, setting boundaries early so that someone doesn't get their, you know, their wants and desires trampled on for 20 years and then they explode or they take out their frustration in a bottle. So make these, make these boundaries known early and to a child we've talked about before, introduce the word no early and often so that they learn there are lines drawn that you don't cross. And I know it's difficult. It's it's more tiresome mm-hmm. to have to get up and discipline and all yes, that stuff. Lord, yes, but it is it's critical for their development. Well, they just if they don't if they don't grow up with boundaries as a child, they just they grow up impotent to be able to really enact change in so many areas for themselves as adults. And then they talk about uh, the role of envy 
and to really check our boundaries because, you know, they talk about just that, that satisfaction is a boundary that I don't want what someone else has. I don't want what I don't have. So that satisfaction with, with, with what you have in and of itself is a boundary. And the, 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 what they call the law of activity, which is you can't be passive and have boundaries. Boundaries imply action to draw them and then to enforce them. Those are verbs. Those are action verbs. So you, a passive person, that's the problem with the submissive is that they're passive and they just get along to get along. Well, and that's when you, when you get someone like me, like I don't want to put forth more energy, you know, to enact boundaries. But what we often, folks that are more submissive, what we often don't think is, or realize rather, is that it actually costs us more energy on the back end by not instituting boundaries than it does actually oh, energy on the front end to institute those boundaries. Because not enforcing them early then just leads to massive, huge, ginormous problems. When if it would have been dealt with early, decades ago, it would have been minor ripples. And then this last one is sort of obscure, but I think really important. They talk about the law of exposure and you drawing, and it's sort of, the, it goes right with the passivity. Drawing a boundary basically means you exist. You matter. You're here. You're someone in this family. You're someone in this relationship, as opposed to just dissolving into the other person. And that in a relationship, in order to be an autonomous human being, you must express those boundaries. You know, we talk about drawing boundaries. We use that word draw, but really you're speaking them. You're communicating what your boundaries are. And to do that makes you fully a person. The, you know, when you talk with, the, with the, the dominant and the submissive, the dominant, your opinion is not less valuable than theirs. Just because they're loud doesn't mean they're right. You're a human and God has gifted you and with intellect and with insight. And so your opinion matters. Your boundaries matter. And so in essence, it's kind of an obscure, but it's like so important because a boundaryless person virtually is invisible. It's almost like, you know, you always make the joke, well, if a husband and wife, if they all, you know, if two people always agree, then one of them is not necessary. And that's really kind of what happens in a codependent relationship. One, one of them isn't necessary. There's only one voice calling all the shots. Those were my 10 laws. Yeah, your personal 10 boundaries. laws. But I guess to mm -hmm. really drive on the point, you're, you're encouraging our audience to expose themselves. Oh, yeah. Didn't I make that clear? Yeah, I know you did. I just yes. wanted to make it more clear. Yep. clear. That's the one. Exposure. And all these, you know, laws are mostly focused on people without boundaries, the submissives to encourage them to have boundaries. But, you know, the dominants are just as unhealthy and in some ways more, Absolutely. more unhealthy. Because they don't respect. Correct. Yeah. And that's, that's why I think... Their boundaries are anything they want. And that's when it goes back to they take too much responsibility for things that they yes. shouldn't. They've got to yeah. lessen it when the submissive needs to increase their voice. Because they feel like they're responsible. 
yeah. for that other person. And in a picture, I've always um, liked to use it with clients and marriages and parents. It's just a boundaries are a fence. And if you don't have a fence around your family, your marriage, you, your person, uh, people are going to run up and down, uh, down you and take advantage of you and going to be into, quote unquote, your backyard, making you exhausted and anxious much more than you would you would prefer. So having a boundary. So over you- you're a big Trump supporter. You're for the wall. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think you're we, for the border I think wall. We all know where I stand on that. Mm-hmm. Xenophobe. If you want more information about this episode or anything. By the way, that's being afraid of a xylophone. <laughs> if you think previous, it's paradoxpodcast.com. Any percussion instrument, really. If you would love our socials, you can also find them there at that website. We appreciate you guys for listening. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com.